0: Hey there, what's happening? This is Isai Rodriguez, host of the Nation Podcast, where I cater to the professional working man, 40 and above, who's looking to make positive changes to his health, lose weight, and become stronger overall through simple lifestyle changes. I'm here to share inspiration, tips, and proven lessons that I've personally learned and lived through in my 40 plus years on this beautiful blue planet. So today we'll start the discussion off by talking about the topic, if you're forgetting to do this one thing, go see your doctor right now in our first segment. And then we'll move on to our second segment and talk about food journaling to help you track your eating habits. And before we get into that, if you'd like to continue the conversation with me, then get on over to podcast.daspination.com slash VIP to get on the VIP Insiders community where I share more entertaining behind the scenes stories, tips, and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger and younger each and every day. That's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast dadspination.com slash VIP Be in the know starting right now Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast episode right now and leave me a nice, fat, juicy five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. And now, let's move into our first segment with Healthy Conversations. So in this week's installment of uh, Healthy Conversations, we're talking about, um a little topic. <laughs> so like like if you're forgetting to do this one little thing, then these might be signs that you need to go see your doctor right now. <laughs> like drop what you're doing, stop, put this podcast on pause. As soon as something rings a bell here, go see your doctor, you know? So, so what are we talking about here though, you know? So, uh, you know, with so much going on in the world today, uh, it, it's really easy to forget to do some of the little things in life. You know, like taking out the garbage or picking up your laundry (laughs) from the laundromat if you, you know, drop it off for uh, laundry services like we are at the moment (laughs) or forgetting small things here and there like this is common and usually harmless but a recent study found that if you frequently forget to pay your bills (laughs) especially credit card bills this could be an early sign of Alzheimer's. Now, listen, they found that Patterns like these patterns of missing credit card and loan payments could be uh, like this could be indicative. This could be like an indicator, a, a sign, a pointer of dementia and Alzheimer's. You know, and according to the study, Alzheimer's disease and related dementias were associated with adverse financial events and and like these um events would be starting years prior to like a cl- an actual clinical diagnosis of, a- of any sort so think about that for a second how many of us have struggled financially in the past and have done so for years i think i mean i thank god for this little business venture i've been on lately that's allowed me to indulge in some of the finer things in life but seriously financial struggles are no joke there's nothing like honestly at the core there's nothing funny about it you know you hear a little laughter in my voice because I always like to keep um, like a light edge on things because you know you can't go around all depressed and moping and stuff like that but the end of the day again financial struggles are no joke <laughs> you know and so we should really just keep this in mind because what the researchers looked at was this listen they basically studied the uh, credit data and payment history of 81,000 medicare patients for almost 20 years like this is this is a massive amount of data think about that 20 years of of payment and credit uh you know credit history data and what they found was that the people that ultimately came down with alzheimer's and dementia were more likely to miss payments as early as six years before their official diagnosis and here's the thing (laughs) because there's always a thing you know they also noticed that missing payments wasn't linked to any other medical conditions (laughs) like they couldn't tie it down to any other medical anomaly you know what i mean like it was unique to dementia and dementia alone you know dementia was the only medical condition where they saw consistent financial systems so here's the funny part if you can i mean again if you can call it funny but it's this listen since it's been linked to financial problems you know specifically the missing of payments on credit card accounts since it's been linked to credit card accounts an easy way to identify yourself or a family member who might, you know, who may have fallen into this pattern is by checking a credit score. How, how, how like interesting is that? You know, I found, I I really found this interesting that that you could keep an eye on your credit score and, and that it could potentially point to dementia. You know, like, because according to the study, missing payments led to subprime or, you know, not so good credit scores in many of the patients. And it did so about two and a half years before they were even diagnosed. You know, now of course, missing payments is not the only early indicator of Alzheimer's disease, but you know, it can be one of the indicators. You know what I mean? So I mean, here are a few others. So one of the others is, uh, you know, losing your sense of smell. If you notice you're losing your ability to smell things, you might want to let your doctor know because losing your sense of smell can be a symptom of Alzheimer's. We should also recognize, realize, that a loss of your sense of smell could also, also, be a symptom of COVID, you know? And and these days, you know, uh, with COVID still on our backs, you know? So if this symptom came up suddenly, this loss of smell, and like if it came up suddenly out of nowhere, out of left field, then you should consider getting a COVID test. Either way, get yourself to a doctor's office. Another interesting little um, indicator is forgetting important dates and events. (laughs) <laughs> so it's it's one thing to forget your grocery list at home, you know. That's that's one thing. That's that's nothing. Peanuts, you know what I mean. But if you find yourself forgetting important dates all the time, like your children's birthdays or the appointment you schedule, that in itself could be cause for concern. Like that, that can be an alarm ringing. <laughs> you know. It should raise some red flags if you ask me. And now I might, I mean, I've actually missed a couple of appointments, but it's not a continual thing. You know, it's, I, I know like I'm busy at the moment and when I was supposed to schedule the appointment and put it in my calendar, maybe I didn't, you know, so I'm missing appointments because of that. That's my own, I guess, lack of <laughs> responsibility. I don't know. <laughs> but listen, here's, a, here's, another, um, here's another indicator is having trouble solving basic problems. You know, so like if someone you know is struggling to solve simple things that are generally easy for others like yourself to solve, this in itself can also be a sign to get yourself to a doctor <laughs> or, or your loved one or whoever it is that you know that is struggling another pointer right here forgetting the names of everyday objects so here's another good one if someone you know is stumped on what to call a toothbrush or a cup or a, or a teaspoon or anything like that common objects common everyday things a comb a brush pants under like anything like that you should let someone know this forgetfulness this uh, not being able to remember things like that can be related to alzheimer's another pointer something to keep in mind <laughs> you (laughs) know another one here's another one trouble with the passage of time this concept of time you know like normally people don't have problems telling the difference between five minutes and a few hours you know what i mean this is not the case for people with alzheimer's or people uh with early onset of or or you like reaching that alzheimer's diagnosis you know five minutes to then can seem like five hours for someone with alzheimer's another red flag keep an eye on that if anybody you know you or yourself or your loved one or your spouse are struggling with the passage of time <laughs> You know what I mean? Then that's another red flag. Here's another one aggressiveness or becoming aggressive, you know, this is another common common warning sign You know people with Alzheimer's tend to come down with sudden bouts of aggression Like they just one minute they're fine and then the next they're just angry at the world Like they're 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 fucking hulking out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Another warning sign. Here's another one that, that might seem pretty uh, common, I suppose. I don't know. But uh, it's is difficulty sleeping, you know? So sleep problems can be a result of you know, I mean, many different things, but it also can be a result of Alzheimer's. You know what I mean? Like they found associations between uh, Alzheimer's and sleep pattern disturbances, you know what I mean? So like people having problems falling asleep or even staying asleep, you know? this can be a warning sign you know what i mean now obviously you can't make an early diagnosis of alzheimer's based on sleep patterns alone but when someone has disruptive sleep patterns definitely want to keep an eye on that and and keep in mind all of these other warning signs that we're talking about so like if they have like multiple uh, if they're if they're experiencing many of these like so, i mean we've mentioned seven already you know then taking them all into account might give you a, a nice little indicator of where you're headed or to, you know, to that diagnosis of, uh you know, Alzheimer's, something to keep in mind, you know, just to keep an eye out for that, you know, and there you have it. <laughs> a few things to keep in mind. If someone close to you starts showing some or all of these signs, you know, it, it might be, it might be time to address these with a doctor, with your doctor, with their doctor, you know, and here's the real key because, you know, the, the more you know the better you'll be and so with all that said and done let's switch gears and move on to our second segment with mighty man so in this week's segment of uh, Mighty Man this week's installment. We're talking about uh food journaling and how it can help you track your eating habits and not only like food journaling itself but why it's important and how it can help you and where to start. You know what I mean? Like we're going to go we're going to talk about all that in a few because listen, as 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 more people have learned about the impact that food has on both, you know, their physical and mental health, it's kind of sp- a growing interest in food journals here's what we're talking about is that you know we're not just talking about simple old-fashioned calorie counting like quote-unquote that that's not where nah this goes way beyond the whole calorie counting thing of the past that's old school you know which that 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 mentality which strictly has a diet mentality edge to it You know, that's not what we're talking about here. You know, so keeping a more holistic food journal is all about seeing the connection Between what you eat and the circumstances like surrounding what you eat and how it makes you feel inside and out. Think about that. (laughs) You know, it has uh, it has so many benefits, including helping you get a deeper understanding of like what foods make you feel good and which ones don't, you know, at the end of the day, that's what you want to know, really. But if you've never kept one before, then knowing how to do it exactly, you know, that can be a little tricky for sure. You know what I mean? like what does a food journal template even look like (laughs) you know like uh, I mean actually before we answer that like before let's not get ahead of ourselves uh let's talk about the benefits to keeping a journal in the first place all right because knowing this will ultimately give you the motivation to actually keep one in the first place (laughs) And I think I found four really great benefits that you'll find interesting and hopefully motivating to get you to actually start journaling. And here's the first one is, you know, it can help pinpoint what foods may be causing problematic health issues. Think about it. If there's anything physical you're experiencing on a regular basis, things like, you know, bloating or um, issues with your uh, digestion, you know, like upset stomach, acid reflux things like that rashes you know then a food journal might help you figure out what could possibly be causing it <laughs> you know lots of times we think we know what we eat but we what we don't realize we don't know the half of it a food journal is like a mirror that really reflects what you what you're putting into your body day in and day out it's a essentially a lot of everything but not just you know not just everything you eat but everything Everything you feel immediately after and maybe later that day or evening. And over time, you might notice certain patterns. So for example, you might realize that you always feel bloated after drinking kombucha, a sign that the carbonation might be too much for you, you know, or, or you might notice that your skin looks blotchy after eating gluten or dairy, you know, this can be indicative of you having an intolerance to it and if you are experiencing any specific physical health problems obviously first talk to your doctor you know again obvious but your food journal can be an excellent little tool to bring you to your appointment it can really help pinpoint or even rule out any potential culprits another little benefit that comes with food journaling or journaling in general is that it shows how food can be impacting your mental health. <laughs> I'm serious dudes. Like, listen, food can have a direct impact on your mental health, including like things like anxiety and depression or, or your energy levels, you know? So for example, if, if you notice that you have a spike in anxious feelings like anxiety after your morning coffee, then that could be a sign of you needing to switch up your morning cup of joe for something else. Maybe decaf or tea or, or you know, not at all. Hopefully not, but hey, it might be that. And it's also important to think about like more than just the actual food you eat, you know, because here's the thing, where we eat, who we eat with, what we're doing, when we eat, and how we feel are all just as important to think about and to keep track of and to know Notice so always eating lunch at your desk while answering emails and stuff like that. You know, like I'm sure we've all done this. Like you're busy, you have this, you have deadlines and what to meet, and you just go out, you run out, you grab something to eat, or maybe you brought lunch from home, and you just eat at your desk. Like this simple action could make you eat your lunch faster without even knowing. You know, faster than you normally would when you're not at your computer. But you would again, you wouldn't notice if you're not actually documenting it in a journal you know what i mean and this little insignificant detail of what may seem as insignificant can actually be impacting your body's digestion and throwing it basically all out of whack you know and if you're documenting this you might catch that like oh shit look check this out on tuesday or whatever you know i i was busy and i ate at at my desk and uh you know later on that evening i had you know whatever an upset stomach or you know, like, like these little patterns you might find in the long run, you know, at the end of the week when you're reviewing your data, you know what I mean? And that's that's basically what we're doing here. You're just collecting data so that you can make intelligent decisions later on in, with your health, you know what I mean? And here's another tip of why you should keep a food journal is that they paint a picture of what makes you feel good, you know, <laughs> because besides helping you clearly see what you're eating, that can make you feel worse physically or mentally you know they can also show you what makes you feel amazing so we're not just looking for patterns of what makes you feel sick uh, for lack of better terms but we're looking for things that make you feel good so the key is to cut out the things that make you feel bad and do more or eat more things that make you feel good you know they give you more energy <laughs> you know what I mean like these little tidbits these little ins again what may seem to be insignificant at the time of doing it you know uh, can actually add up to you feeling super like amazing like just uber ready to take on the world you know what I mean so for instance let's say you made a smoothie and it was you know the first one you ever made that actually didn't leave you feeling hungry uh, you know 20 minutes later that's definitely worth writing down you know so that you remember what was in it you know and how it made you feel you know how did you prepare that how did you feel when you were preparing it? What frame of mind were you in? Were you happy? Were you not happy? You know, how did it feel in your stomach when you drank it? How did it make you feel an hour later? Like just keep this in mind and just jot down little notes. And the fourth little reason here why you should keep one is that, again, like we mentioned earlier, it's a tool that you can bring to any health expert that you're visiting. You know, it can be it can be really helpful to bring your journal to a doctor's appointment, you know, as a way to point to or like eliminate any connections to foods that may be negatively impacting your health, you know. It can also be helpful to share your journal with a registered dietitian or a nutritionist, you know, or a health coach or anything like that, a a trainer, you know, because because you have to remember that at the end of the day, they've got a more trained eye. They might make a connection with some of these items that you'd never think about, (laughs) like like something that you, you would have never connected. Like they may see things that your eye would not catch. The more information that they have about you, the better the care that they can provide to you, you know? And right about now, you might be asking yourself, okay, you know, that's all good and whatnot, but what do you actually log in a food journal? Well, let me let me tell you, that, that's a great question. And this is a question I've asked myself. And so obviously, you're, you're gonna start off with what you're eating and drinking. Like, you have to figure out <laughs> and write down what you're eating, obviously, and what you're drinking, times, things like that. Then you wanna think about, like how you're feeling before you eat or drink like are you feeling happy again are you feeling sad uh, lonely stressed busy like what exactly are you feeling before you eat or drink you know you'll also want to know where you're eating you know are you eating at home are you at work while walking in the car are you in the car driving (laughs) you know eating a burger because you have no time you know how do you feel again how, how does that make you feel you know who are you eating with things like that? Are you eating alone? Are you eating with your spouse? Are you eating with a co-worker? How is that making you feel? Are you happy at the moment? Are you upset? <laughs> you know? This, these questions might sound redundant, but that's the point. You have to create a baseline so that you can notice when something spikes. You know what I mean? So like if you were to graph these on a, uh, <laughs> some graph paper or whatever, Excel, I don't know. Uh, you, that, that's what these data points, if you will, are what's going to help you catch the things that are good for you, that are making you feel good, and also the things that are making you feel bad. And lastly, how you feel after you eat, like this is, I'm not going to say the most important, but this, this this is like the outcome, you know, like what positive or negative effects do you notice? You know, do you feel energized? Do you feel tired? Huh? Bloated? Were you unable to sleep that night? You know, things like that. Keep, keep track of how you're feeling after you eat and after you drink. All of this is important to log because again, how you feel is about so much more than what's on your plate the circumstances surrounding when you eat also matter tremendously and now we've talked about the why we've talked about the what so now we're gonna quickly go into the how and I've got three suggestions on how to keep a food journal or three ways to journal I should say and the first is to simply write it out you know seriously a common way is to keep a food journal in like in paper form in a notebook with with space obviously to log the five points I made mentioned earlier of what to capture Another suggestion is to take a photo because listen, sometimes you might not have the time right at that moment to write everything down, or maybe you don't have your notebook with you, but I guarantee that you got your smartphone with you. You're probably listening to me right now on your smartphone, right? You might even be taking notes on your smartphone right now. So listen, you can take a photo right then and there. Like Maybe you're out to dinner with friends, eating during a work meeting or you know you're simply don't want to do it right then and there like take the notes in those cases you can take a picture of your meal so you can answer the prompts later because to be honest it's, it's actually always recommended to take a photo anyway because sometimes nothing is clearer nothing is more clear than a photo I mean the phrase a picture is worth a thousand words is literally so true and there's a reason for that you know so take the photo of what you're eating to remind you later on when you actually do document it. And the third suggestion is to use an app. Again, your phone is always with you. <laughs> so again, there's there's apps that make this whole keeping of a food journal, like they make it super simple and easy, like a snap. And again, all you need is your phone. So Food View is one app that's free and also allows photos to be uploaded. So you get the actual, logging uh, ability to take your notes and what you're um, what you're eating and you can tie it to a photo you can easily take a photo right from the app here's another one uh, is is dining note like this is another free app and it, it has like a no frills way to journal about meals and and your movements and and and, it, and all that stuff and if that's something that you also want to add into your journal then this app this dining note makes It's super super simple and again since it's on your phone it's an app it's always with you and so here's the bottom line with all of this is that food journals should be personal above all else so put something together that works for you most importantly it should make you feel better not worse (laughs) you know they're not meant to feel to make you feel guilty or shame about anything that you eat that's not what we're after they're meant to be a tool that's used to help you determine what's what makes you feel your best. Again, we're trying to catch the things that make you feel shitty so that you can cut that shit out of your diet, out of your life, those routines, those things that you do that aren't making you feel good, and do more of the things that do make you feel good so that at the end of the day, <laughs> you're living a better life. And so with all that said and done, that's it you guys that's my show for today i hope you found some valuable information here and if nothing else i hope i've entertained you for a few minutes and was able to bring a little manly sunshine to your day thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen to me it's very much appreciated on next week's episode we'll be talking about what you need to know if you can't touch your toes (laughs) so you definitely don't want to miss out on that You can't touch your toes. (laughs) And if you'd like to continue the conversation with me, then get on over to podcast.vaspination.com slash VIP to get on the VIP Insiders Community where I share even more raw behind-the-scenes stories, tips, and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger and younger each and every day. That's podcast.vaspination.com slash VIP Again, that's podcast.daskanation.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out and it's honestly one place your vote truly matters till our next chat take care now bye